0: Summary: It's a card that uh, quarantines a certain percentage of welfare benefits that individuals are receiving. In the Northern Territory, most of our uh, welfare recipients are using the basic card, and their uh, the the break up of their uh, income is 50% quarantine, the other 50% is discretional that they can do whatever they want with. Under the uh, new cashless welfare debit card, um, in other jurisdictions I understand it's 80% quarantine and 20% discretionary and in the Northern Territory it'll remain, those that are currently on the basic card will remain or retain their 50% quarantine and 50% Mm discretion. Uh, however, any new applicants will go to the 80-20 split. Look, we, the uh, the Aboriginal peak organisations Northern Territory, have concerns around the broader uh, mandatory implementation of this of this card. Our preferred position is that uh, it should be an opt-in process rather than this blanket compulsory everybody in, and you don't have a choice of whether you want to be in it or not. Uh, And our reasoning for that is there are many Aboriginal constituents out there that uh, have worked their entire lives managing their own income, managing their own affairs, financial affairs, very effectively. And all of a sudden they're they're caught up in this government top-down fiscal policy arrangement, welfare policy arrangement, and that'll have them having their income... Quarantined, and the only way they can, uh, you know, they'll only have 50% discretion on the use of uh, of that income. We're also concerned, and uh, we're not convinced, because the uh, there was an evaluation, recent evaluation of the cashless welfare card by the Australian National Audit uh, Office, and that found no evidence that it was having a positive or beneficial result. No evidence at all.
1: And in particular on that, that uh, audit report you know, they were talking about in the conclusion about how the, the monitoring and evaluation of the policy was labelled as inadequate and, and therefore is actually hard to determine whether or not it was actually reducing social harm. Should, should we be talking about expanding a policy to you know, some 23,000 welfare recipients in the NTN Cape York if we're not even sure if it's working?
0: Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And that's why we're, you know, our position is calling on governments to put a pause on this uh, until we have further investigations or, you know, con- conduct a, an inquiry, come and speak with the uh, the community members that are going to be recipients of this top-down punitive um, uh, income management program. You know, I've had many individuals make representation to uh, to myself and others We've had um, others speaking out publicly just recently for a number of those communities that are either on basic card or about to go onto the cashless welfare card, um, saying that uh, it's putting them in in a position of embarrassment, shame, enormous stress, hardship. You know, I mean, Aboriginal families are finding it difficult to survive payday to payday at the moment. And to have governments putting these punitive, stringent conditions on that they can only have discretionary expenditure on a certain percentage of their benefits is just causing unnecessary trauma and stress on families. And that's consistently the message we're hearing from, not just here in the Northern Territory, but from those other towns and uh, uh, regions where they've um, implemented them throughout the nation. And we believe that um, until we have a further understanding uh, of the impacts and hopefully there's some further evaluation or reviews that are that are going on to demonstrate whether this is a, an effective measure or um, it's a waste of taxpayers dollars and I'd love to know how much it's costing for the implementation of this or for this program to be rolled out now here's the solution we're offering you know we just don't want to don't want to um, criticise, provide criticism all the time, but we've also got alternative solutions and approaches, and one of those is to use the investment that uh, currently, that's currently allocated for the implementation of this uh, welfare benefit card, is to pump it into industries where there's employment opportunities fund apprenticeships, fund training programs that are relevant and meaningful to communities where there's employment opportunities. I mean, it's about building community, organisation and individual capacity so that we hopefully can skill up a workforce out there and get them competitive and into real jobs, real income, where our mob can actually accrue sick leave, annual leave, long service leave. We're currently, while, you know, we're peddling this same old, same old welfare benefit scheme uh, which doesn't allow any of our mob to any of those sorts of entitlements.
1: You were talking about some of the negative impacts that we've seen uh, from welfare quarantining over the years, whether it's like things like shame or, you know, people doing it tough in terms of being mm. able to manage those little bits of money. Do you think... Welfare quarantining can lead to positive impacts or have you seen it lead I haven't to seen
0: any I haven't seen any evidence Admittedly there are some but I think they're only in the minority that would put their hands up and want to opt into the program and, and or the scheme and that's what we're saying that governments should allow the flexibility people to opt in or opt out opt in I think is the preferred uh, preferred option and we Invest the, you know, like I said, the uh, the huge budgets that are being expended on this particular program to be better used in some of those more positive uh, opportunities.
1: Now, when the bill was actually read in, in Parliament, it was actually described as a bottom-up approach. Is that something that you've seen happen no, so it's far? No, definitely not a
0: bottom-up approach. Mm. The people I've consulted and, and spoken to and heard on radio just in the last couple of days have said, There's been no consultation. In actual fact, representatives from the Arnhem Land Progress Association, which run the community stores in in the Northern Territory, have had no engagement, no genuine consultation. No one's been out to talk to them. From their perspective, it's stripping of their their, uh, basic human rights uh, and self-determination and and definitely a top-down model.
1: And just finally then for you, John, your message moving forward to to the government in in terms of welfare quarantine, as we know, we've seen uh, people's welfare being quarantined since back in 2007. Mm. uh, As part of the intervention now, under the guise of stronger futures, what what needs to change and, and how do we move forward? What's your message?
0: Well, my message is Aboriginal territorians have been used as guinea pigs, have been on trial pilot projects for Over a decade, probably two decades now, and the message that I'm getting is we're sick of that. We want our rights back. We want to make our decisions. We want our self-determination to be instilled again. And let's build, let's work with our communities. Let's build their capacities so that they can stand on their two feet, so they can get into their own businesses, so that they can become competitive in the workforce. That's the vision that we should be having.